Was this the worst performance of the season by Dak Prescott? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked, Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. On today's show, we're going to be breaking down our all 22 notes, including Dak Prescott's performance against Buffalo. We'll talk about Mozzie Smith's first start. I want to talk about TJ Bass and how he performed when Zach Martin came into this game. But really quickly, off the top, Landon, I was feeling not great yesterday about the Cowboys' loss. And then, as always, the Eagles make things just a little <laughs> bit better. They lose to the Seahawks. Uh, it, it had to make you feel like 5% better, right? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, certainly. It's, you know, especially since most of the heat yesterday coming from uh, Twitter was was in Kelly Green. And <laughs> they, you know, and so so for them to kind of have their day of glory just absolutely rained on by, uh, you know, YOLO interception by having Jalen Hurts out Drew Locke, Drew Locke, uh, I think is is was a great sure. way to kind of buoy the buoy the feelings for sure. And I know there's a lot of people asking about how does this loss impact the Cowboys. I'll, I'll just go through it really, really quickly. Yeah. If the Cowboys and Eagles both win out, it's very likely that the Eagles will win the NFC East. I can't say it for sure because the fifth tiebreaker, which we, we would get to, is strength to victory. And the Cowboys Such would a, actually need, I know, they would need Buffalo to lose like the next three games. They would need Carolina to win like two of the next three. You're starting to see why. The Chargers have got to win some games yes. against Kansas City. Yeah. So now here's, if the Cowboys do win the NFC East, here's how it happens. The Eagles lose a game and the Cowboys win out. Cowboys are in. Cowboys lose to either Detroit or Miami and Philly loses. The Cowboys get in. Uh, it's there are some scenarios now where the the Eagles don't have to just lose to the Giants. They could no. lose to the Cardinals, and then the Cowboys win out, or if they lose to Miami, they are in as well. So that loss last night for Philly did give the Cowboys a couple extra different ways that they can now get into the uh, they, they can win the division. Just wanted to point yeah. that out. Both teams could lose this next week, and the Cowboys would still uh, hold an advantage over the the yes. Eagles at that point. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, again, I, I think we, we looked back, I mean, I was just thinking about it. We looked back a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the scenarios and how unlikely things seemed and now things seem more likely. It's just, don't ever feel like you can predict yep. what's going to happen in the NFL week to week. It's crazy. So uh, anything can happen. I'll give you an example of how much things have changed. According to our friends at FanDuel, even after the loss on Sunday, the Cowboys odds to win the NFC East went from plus 380 to plus 225. You just don't see that with a win. That's how big the loss was for the Eagles. But let's get into some of the all 22 notes. I want to start with Dak Prescott. Yeah. You and I both watched the film last night. I got to say, I think there was a lot of different factors in this one, but I yeah. I kind of think this was Dak's worst game of the year. 
Yeah, let's caveat some stuff, right? The we- the weather was as bad as we expected. Now, going back and watching all 22, especially on some very key throws, if you go and wa- pause it on the end zone tape, you see those flags at the top of the poles of the goalposts just whipping around in every diff- different direction, many times going directly in the face of where Dak is throwing the football. I, I specifically look at that long completion that he had to 88 that I think was the the longest completion of of the game for the Cowboys on that kind of over route to 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 Lamb on the sideline Lamb got absolutely crushed on that throw because he had to just sit there and wait for the ball to get there and and Dak gave it everything he could into the wind and it just took a couple miles an hour off the ball Uh, and and that was a completion you know and this is this is what I was trying to tell people last week Everybody's looking at the, they're going to their AccuWeather app and they're looking to see what the weather is in Buffalo. First of all, the weather in Buffalo and Orchard Park are very different. I know that's yeah. technically the same place, but you get in that stadium and the wind just whips around because it's down in a bowl. You have to walk down into the stadium. And that's what you saw on tape. Yeah, the weather wasn't bad of like huge wind gusts all game long, but you did see it impact not only Dak, but also Josh Allen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a reason that you had the, the number two and number three, probably best passing attacks in all of football and almost neither team threw for more yes. than 300 yards total, you know, so uh, uh, between the two of them. So uh, I, I think, yeah, there's that is definitely a factor. But beyond that, Dak struggled to see things that were open at I times. Agree. There were definitely yes. moments where you felt like uh, I, I'm thinking off the top of my head, there was. Uh, a couple of different times when you saw there were too many different points at last the tape last night where I saw CD lamb frustrated, surrounded by green and no defenders uh, and Dak didn't see him, you know, like it, there was a one that was in the middle of the field. There was one that was uh, at, at the, during the two minute drive at the end of the half where Dak was trying to force it. I think it to, I, I can't remember if it was Ferguson or somebody else on the left hand yeah. side. And on the right-hand side, there was absolutely no one there except for CeeDee Lamb standing next to the sideline, five yards up the field. He, they could have whipped it around, given the CeeDee Lamb. He could have gotten an easy 15 or 20 yards and then stepped out of bounds without ever being touched. That's how that's how yeah. wide open he was. There was another play where they're trying to get it, I think, again to Ferguson on the right side. And on the field side, on the larger open space, the Cowboys had a two-on-one zone with Pollard in the flat, and, and CD Lamb upfield and one defender on that side between the two of them. That could have been a huge play. So absolutely there were factors. The, the wind was a problem. The pressure was getting to him to a certain degree. But I, I also think that it, you know, that's a little bit on Dak because we've seen Dak have similar types of pressure that we've seen in Buffalo. And he didn't let his eyes drop. He didn't let his, you know, he yeah. didn't stop looking down the field. And 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 on top of that, you add in like just a, a, a just a sink problem. There were just times when Dak was hitting his back foot and the, and the receiver didn't seem to be where he is supposed to be in his route at that point where he's still making his break or he's already made his break, you know? And, and so the timing of it is all off. It's hard to know whether that's route timing or if that's Dak's footwork, that's the problem, but the whole passing game just seemed very disjointed and yep. then you add in the the weather, you add in the fact that the Cowboys defense couldn't stop anyone, so they had to throw the football, uh, and it just made for a, a terrible situation for the Cowboys, especially as the score got worse and the weather got worse as the as the game went on. But again, 
like let's not excuse what Dak did when the weather was fine and the game was a more neutral game script. This could have been avoided if 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 they if the Cowboys had been able to find some passing efficiency early in the game. Uh, but the but the fact of the matter is is that if they weren't going to be able to find it early in the game when the weather was at better situation and the score was in a better situation, they certainly weren't going to be sure. able to find it late in the game when the weather got worse, the wind was worse, the, the, the it was wetter, and they were ha- being forced into passing situations because of the scoreboard. Yeah, the way to beat Buffalo is either to run the ball, which they tried to do in the first half. We don't need to get into some of that stuff, but, but or they to get did rid- well. They did well running the football. That's what yeah. I think is a little bit frustrating to me is that what stopped them from running the football was the scoreboard, not the defense. To Correct. Be yes, they were. First drive of the game, Pollard ran extremely well. Um, but the way to beat them in the passing game is to either get rid of the ball really quickly, like three-step drop throw, let your guys make plays after the catch. Because, I mean, you saw the tape, Lane, and they had like two safeties deep like sometimes 25 to 30 yards, get rid of the ball quickly. Let those guys make plays after the catch. What you can't do is take a five or seven step drop, try to go through a bunch of reads and then dump off the ball to a running back or a tight end. Because by that time, the defense is just closing in on everything. There was times where I saw CeeDee Lamb open, you know, on a sit route. And I know it's harder to throw the sit routes when it's windy, but wide open for seven yards on first down. Just take it, take it and move on to the next play. You're not going to create a bunch of big chunk plays in the passing game against Buffalo. You've got to be really consistent, and you've got to be patient. Dak just wasn't that on Sunday. Or too patient at times, right? Or late, too patient, late, yes. Late over the middle to his dump-offs, like you're saying. Like, yes. Just don't even throw that ball. Don't, don't throw like, if, if, if you're in, If it's that late in the snap and, and the linebacker is literally waiting for you to throw the ball to the running back, it's not like a lot of positive yardage is happening. Just Pollard take got killed the front on one of them. Slide. Yeah, yeah Pollard, got, Pollard got absolutely crushed because of that exact same scenario where Dak was too late throwing the check down and the linebackers just popped them and it was almost interception. So, yeah, just a rough game from Dak. The good news is historically, and at least this season, whenever Dak has had a poor performance, he usually backs it up with a really strong performance the following week. We will see if the Cowboys can do that against the Dolphins in week 16. Lena, let's move on to some of our other notes, including Mozzie Smith's first start of his career uh, against the Bills. We will break that down next. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for all of your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front so you know that you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LockedOnNFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem promo code LockedOnNFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. We wanted to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. 
Locked On Sports today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Lena, let's talk about Mozzie Smith because there was a lot of discussion over the last couple of days about Mozzie Smith's performance in this one. How much did the Cowboys miss Jonathan Hankins? What did you see when you put on the tape? I think I think the Cowboys probably could have used Jonathan Hankins. I mean, that's without doubt you know, w- yeah. would have been helpful. But I also don't know that the defensive tackles like were necessarily what was getting you killed in this game. And especially Mozzie Smith, I think Mozzie played for the most part one of his better games of the season. Um, I, I think that there were definitely some up and down moments in the run game. I think that's fair to say about every <laughs> defender on this team, to say the least. Uh, including some of your very best defenders. Uh, yeah, we'll get to him really, in a second. Yeah, Kevin's a really bad, you know, uh, run reps. But I thought for the most part, you saw at least two or three different uh, run one game run plays where Mozzie had a positive effect on 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 the play. Uh, he he had had a quarterback sack, another pressure. Um, and I, I look, was he? There were there times that he got pushed out of the hole. There were definitely times he got pushed out of the hole. But I felt like for the most part he had a more positive game than he did have a negative game. I and uh, I wouldn't call this a a breakout game, but I would continue to say that it was a step in the right direction and, and that he's, you know, again, progressing. And, and look, this is a this was a, uh, a positive sign for Mozzie uh, coming into this game. Uh, you know, not, not like it, Marquise Bell and his first start at linebacker kind no, of uh, breakout no. positive, but still – a positive showing for a guy that, uh, you know, is piecemealing his way in, into uh, more and more snaps. Yeah, I, we heard Dan Quinn yesterday say that he thought Mozzie did a good job of staying square uh, and playing strong. He talked about he still needs to work on the double teams, and you saw that. There was a couple times in this game where when they doubled him, they moved him off the ball. Now, that's something he's got to work on. But, yep. man, there were was, there was some snaps. Um, you and I were talking pre-show, you know, down at the goal line. He beats Osiris Torrance. And he causes Josh Allen to dive, you know, at the three-yard line. Good stop by him. Uh, there was another play where he beat Mitch Morse uh, right off the snap, forced James Cook to go to the outside. He did his job there. Obviously, he got the sack. He got another pressure. I would say it was a good game, not a great game. Yeah. He, I mean, nobody on this defense really played great outside of – I thought Demarcus Lawrence played a good game, but, I mean – he did about as well as you could have expected is, is the way that I kind of boil this down to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I think in, in the, even in the pantheon of other defensive tackles, he was probably the best defensive tackle yeah. outside of, yeah. of uh, Osa. So but that doesn't mean uh, that we don't want more and that the Cowboys don't want more. They drafted him in the oh, first yeah. round to be a big impact run defender. And we're still only seeing it, seeing it a couple times at game at the most. You want to see the consistency, but at least we're seeing the flashes now. Yeah, I mean he's he's making his way. At least it doesn't. It, there's there's nothing there, you know. Like yes, yes. it is continuing to, to be positive. It's just you would like for the pace to pick up just because you have needs, you yes. know, at, at at that position at the end of the season. So, uh, but I I wouldn't say that he's you know, I, he's on schedule. I would say in his would, development yeah. at this point. Um, let's talk about Michael Parsons briefly. Um, yeah, he had an unbelievable game rushing the passer. Uh, he only had 18 pass rush snaps, and I think he had seven pressures. Uh, didn't record a sack, but as a run defender, I, I, I'm not sure I've seen him play a worse game as a team run defender. I think the problem, too, is that, you know, teams have figured out that 
they're he's just not going to get holding calls, you no. know. And so and so they are attacking him. Uh, I think that there's two things here. One, they know that he's not going to get holding calls. I think the Bills also had some did a very good job with some of their holding, including using their inside hands to keep him from running outside as opposed to trying to grip him with their outside hand, which I mm-hmm. thought was interesting, uh, interesting technique. Uh, but I mean, you know, beyond the holding stuff, like, you know, you just, you have to kind of play run defense as a team, right? And if you have defenders on different depth levels, that's creating a hole. Like you, you don't necessarily have to have the hole in the gap, right? It doesn't have to be between the defensive tackle and the defensive end. If the defensive end is far as, you know, two or three yards upfield, the defensive tackle is on the line of scrimmage. There's a hole coming out the side that the running back can go through and then upfield and, and create big things. And that was happening a lot as they were letting guys uh, or, you know, in some cases they're punching Mike, <laughs> Micah in the face and then pushing him in the back. And then he's up too far upfield to, to, to contain the run. I mean, there was, it was whether, whatever the, the, the result or how they got there, whether it was the defensive end just getting too far upfield because they were coming in on pass rush, whether they're being blocked upfield, but that was one of the ways that you saw the, the Bills taking advantage of the aggressiveness of the defensive mm-hmm. ends by getting them too far upfield, running power to that direction so that you had a pulling lineman on Damone Clark or, or, or Bell coming out outside the, of the hole. Uh, and then suddenly you've got Cook who could, Cook who could be really patient, wait for the, the blocks of development, and then as soon as everything lines up, Boom, he's gone. He's like slaloming between defenders and, and you know, he's gone for 10 yards. They, they had like, I'm not not joking, they had eight 10 plus yard runs in this game. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous, you know, and 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 that's not just because of being out of your hole. That's that's because of bad, you know, bad run play, run, run defending, being out of your gap, but also just terrible tackling. You know, like, yes. I mean, guys just don't go untouched for 10 yards, you know, like guys are getting their hands on him and not bringing him down. So, uh, you know, that to me, that was the, the stat of the game, in my opinion, eight 10 yard runs. Uh, I mean, there's a reason that the Cowboys couldn't get anything going offensively when they had, you know, the, this kind of pressure coming from sure. their defense where the defense could not stop anything. And it was chunked runs like that's, that's just so. I mean, th- 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 we we talked about it last a lot last year about the Marcus the McCool Mosier line, right? Or yeah. however the Mosier McCool line, the big right? Mosier line, yeah, the Mosier line, right? So I, I think that there's a, an application here too when 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 your run when your opponent's run game can gash you, wait, they can create big plays uh, in the run game, like you're going to cross that line very quickly because it, it, it's, it takes away uh, uh, first of all, it's draining the clock. It takes away possessions because they're getting first downs when they're doing that. And then on top of that, it has a cumulative effect that the passing game uh, success mm-hmm. doesn't have, right? You're physically beating up the defense. So it means that they're more and more likely to have those big runs as the game goes on. Just really quickly on Micah, before we move on, there was at least three times when I charted where he is the he's the edge setter. Oh, he's supposed to be the edge setter. And mostly it was against Deion Dawkins and the running backs getting close to Micah. And instead of just holding that offensive tackle a little bit longer yeah. so somebody else can come in and make the play, he jumped inside and all James Cook did is bounce it to the outside. And there's nobody there to fill in where Micah Parsons is supposed to be. 
uh, and that resulted in huge gains. I, I know Micah was frustrated because he wasn't getting calls. He wasn't getting an opportunity to rush the passer. But this is where, as a team, they just have to be a more disciplined run defense. It's not going to be just one player all of a sudden saying, hey, I'm going to be the, the reason we're stopping the run today. Stopping the run is a team thing. Let me let me give one more thing, too, that I felt like. I mean, I've already mentioned missed tackles as an issue. This this team really, really missed Malik Hooker in this game. Yes. And I think we talk about it a lot with some missed people like, oh, this guy, this team missed this team, this guy. I, I feel like Malik Hooker hasn't gotten enough flowers for what he's done in the regular season. Like so far this year, he's been incredible. And it's been hard to notice because you know safety is a position that if you don't get interceptions, it's it's just not a lot of uh, of uh, recognition, you know, because it's hard to kind of notice strong safety play mm-hmm. out, outside of that. I think what we saw was that Wanye Thomas is not ready to take Malik Hooker's spot, right? Yeah. Like no. what he had a lot of missed tackles. I think Curse also had a lot of missed tackles and, and with really bad tackle depth. Malik Hooker is a very strong stabilizing force in this run defense who can also make plays in the back end. And having him back there is an incredible luxury that the Cowboys should not, you know, take for granted moving forward. Because I think, you know, the success of this Buffalo Bills run game, uh, you know, there's a difference between getting four and five yards a carry as opposed to getting seven and eight yards a carry. Sure. I think Malik Hooker could have been the difference in that if he had been in the game for at least, you know, a dozen of those runs. Uh- hundred percent agree. Uh, let's talk about some other players that stood out in either a positive or a negative way next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have this many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or the resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is quick and easy. They've even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making that process even easier and even quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. We want to let you know on tomorrow's show, we're going to be answering your Twitter questions. Make sure that you send them into us at Marcus underscore Mosier at McCoolBCB. But Lana, let's talk about a couple other players from this game. I wanted to mention TJ Bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came in after, I think it was like 18 snaps that Zach Martin played. Did not allow a pressure, did not allow a sack. Wasn't amazing, uh, but I thought he did good enough, as good as you could expect for a off-the-bench right guard. I mean, think about what we've heard, you know, outside of the, the Cowboys sphere uh, in the national media. There's there's the whole conversation being made about the lack of quality offensive linemen in the NFL, right? And, the, and that the the NFL is having a hard time filling, you know, the filling their their teams with starting a good starting five, and then if you're lucky to get a good starting five, anything beyond that, any kind of backup situation. 
what TJ Bass has been able to do when he's been able to come in these games throughout the season as an undrafted free agent rookie has been really impressive. I mean, is it Mm -hmm. impressive in comparison to what Zach Martin does? No, of course not. Absolutely not. But like, let's set our expectations right. You know, I would say even for a backup guard coming into this game, uh, a game against two strong playoff contenders, you know, good teams, he was able to, to not only hold up his end, especially in the passing game, but was a positive force in the run game. You saw him uh, getting to the second level and, and getting onto the mm-hmm. linebackers, you know, securing his blocks at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think that TJ Bass is a more than functional, a plus player, uh, NFL player as a run blocker right now. I think as a what you worry about coming into the game was is as a pass protector, uh, and and he did what he needed to do, and sometimes against Ed Oliver, who played a very good game in this game. So, uh, yeah, kudos to TJ Bass. I mean, a, a kind of rare bright spot again, you know, a lot like Mozzie, right? Where is it is it uh, notable in the larger scale of, of of everything? No, he's probably pretty average. But average is is great for a rookie who's <laughs> making his you know playing a lot more than he's used to, and but for both of these two players, so. Yeah, I think TJ Bass again kind of shows you he's a reliable uh, backup out there. He's a guy you can trust to come in at, at you know on a moment's notice and be ready uh, and, and give you positive snaps and and not not only be uh, uh, not a, a detriment to your to your run game, but but actually be a positive. Not not Zach Martin again. Not Zach. No, Martin, not Zach Martin. Of but, course, but still a guy that you can run behind, and they did run behind uh, for for some successful plays on several different cases. I think he is competent enough that you have the conversation this week about resting Zach Martin for a week and not rushing him back from a squad injury so that he can be a hundred percent, you know, either by the lions game or certainly by the playoffs. Like, I think that's what we're talking about here. Do you feel comfortable enough to have him play against the dolphins? And as long as you have the other four starters, I, I would say the answer is yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate, I hate suggesting that anything other than Zach Martin playing. I but, know, but it, man, those, I, I I've had those deep thigh bruises before playing basketball. They're not fun and they don't get better in six days. You know, it's going to take three or four weeks before Zach Martin has that explosiveness back in his squad. So I I wouldn't be opposed to them resting Zach this week. He's been dealing with an ankle anyways. That's true. It probably would be good overall as, as a, as a fellow old man of uh, Zach Martin and as someone who's still dealing with a calf injury that I suffered while leaning over my bed because I'm an old man. Uh, I empathize. I empathize. Yeah. (laughs) So I do think, I do think it, you know, it's, it's something to consider. Uh, The question is, you know, the risk versus reward there. Right. Um, But I do think that TJ Bass's play is what can you know, make you have this conversation is, is what gives you the confidence to even suggest, Hey, can we handle going this week without Zach Martin? I think, you know, his I play was, they, I bet his play was a bright spot. Zach, yeah. I bet you they rest Zach Martin. If I had to bet. I, I, I got one more guy that we got to mention before we leave uh, that I would just be absolutely remiss if, if I didn't mention Hunter Lipke. my guy, Hunter Lefke, of course uh, he, he gets, he gets, he gets a couple of really killer lead blocks and then uh, converts a, a big third down uh, on a run or fourth down on a, on a run play. Uh, one of his first few carries of the, of the season. Uh, it's time to get Lipke some more carries. It's time to get Lipke some more touches uh, it's time to get him some more snaps as far as I'm concerned. He is kind of a freight train on those short yardage stuff. I mean, he just 
puts his head down and man, he's, he can be a bowling ball. So I, listen, I'm, I'm glad that you gave him that shout out. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him play some more snaps and maybe you get him on the field a little bit more this week. If you need some help in pass pro mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. We'll see what the Cowboys decide to do there. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every single day. Go check out our show on YouTube, Locked On Cowboys over there. Go check out Locked On Eagles. If you're having a bad week, go listen to Locked On Eagles this week. I <laughs> yeah, promise it'll good. make you feel a little bit better. Our guys, uh, guys Gino and Lou, uh, had quite the episode this morning that I watched. They're podding uh, through it, guys. They're podding yeah, through it as best they can. They, they are. Uh, we are free and available on all platforms. Go follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.